<laughs> Very good, Don. Bless you. Oh, my. Come on. Give her a hand. That's a great, great job. Great song. Guess what her talent was in running up for Miss America? I wish I could sing like that, but if I sang like that, it wouldn't look right, right? All right, let's stand, and we're going to read a couple of verses in just a moment. Most of you are standing, but um, what a testimony of God's grace, God's keeping power, God's ability to carry you through any valley. Amen? Well, we've been, for the last few weeks, talking about the God who, the God who, dot, 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 and we've dealt with several aspects or characteristics, characteristics of God. We, we've looked at the God who comforts, and isn't he a comforter? We've looked at the God who delivers, and isn't he a deliverer? And then last, we looked at the God who does a new thing, shall you not know it, soon, and right in front of you is going to spring forth. And so he is a God who does a new thing. But now today, I want to talk to you about something that is, just goes right to the core of everything we do as a believer. Every step we take is based on the faithfulness of God. So I want to talk about the God who is faithful. And I want to read several passages. How many of you have learned that God is a faithful God? Any faithful God? Well, I hope to kind of crank that faith in the faithfulness of God up a little bit today because he really is faithful. Let's read just a few passages that where God tells us about himself. You know, here's a book of Revelation. This book is a book of God telling us who he is. And if it wasn't for this book, we wouldn't know who he is. We, we could guess. Nature would tell us a little bit, but we wouldn't know about the different characteristics, characteristics of God. God's book tells us who he is. And he's about to tell us about his faithfulness. Now it says in Exodus 34, 6, he passed in front of Moses, that is God, proclaiming. So, so God is talking to Moses saying, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, read the last part with me, abounding in love and faithfulness. Now Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. And he is what, everyone? He's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Pause for a moment and look at this. As you and I are faithful to him, he reaches down through our generations and blesses our descendants. Let's go to the next one. Isaiah 49, verse 7, this is what the Lord says. The Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nations, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord, who is what? Faithful. He's the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you, and he is faithful. Now we're jumping to the New Testament. Here comes the Apostle Paul, who I call the attitude king, or the king of a great attitude. And look what he says, the one who calls you is what, everybody? Faithful, and he will do it. What is it? The it is he will sanctify you, body, soul, and spirit. 
The one who calls you will do it. He's faithful. Now, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Read the last part with me. For he who promised is faithful. Now, we can just read verse after verse on the faithfulness of God, but that's enough for us to see that God is telling us, I want you to understand that I'm a faithful God. I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to walk out on you. I'm not going to betray you. I'm not going to lie to you. He's a faithful God. Father, thank you for your word. And we pray that you will ignite in us a fresh faith in the faithfulness of God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to lay hold of this truth today in a fresh way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you turn to your neighbor and preach a little bit and tell them God is faithful? Amen. Now I want to isolate the key phrases that we just read from those five passages. Here's, here's, those, here's the phrases we can isolate from those passages. God is abounding in love and faithfulness. He is the faithful God. He is the Lord who is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful. And he who promised is faithful. Our God is the ever faithful God. Isn't that good news? I mean, we could just stop right there and go home and feel better about the day because we serve a God who is faithful. And it's a good thing because we live in a world that is filled with the opposite of faithfulness, unfaithfulness. We live in a world that's not very faithful at all. And you know, I read more and more some of the prophecies about the last days. And one of the ones that always stand out to me is when Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, first four verses, he said, Timothy, I want you to know something about the last days. The Holy Spirit knew this was going to go in the eternal word of God, and we would be reading this as those that are in the last of the last days. He said, let me give you a character sketch of what people are going to look like who don't know Jesus. Let me give you a character sketch of, of their character. And it's not a very pretty laundry list. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there's going to be very difficult times, the Greek literally times of great stress. For people will love only themselves and their money. Gee, are we there? They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful and unthankful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and they will hate what and who is good. Now he closes by saying they will betray their friends. In other words, one of the marks of latter-day people that don't know Christ will be unfaithfulness. Uh, no covenant. Covenant breakers. When a person is unfaithful, it means they're a promise breaker. They're covenant breakers. Their word and their character don't mean a thing. Used to, you could shake somebody's hand and their word was good. Their word was their bond, but not now. Now we need a team of lawyers and now we need to sign 30 pages of writing just to be sure that somebody's going to keep their word. 
And that's just not the way God ever intended it to be. But that's where it is. Because, folks, we're in the last days. And we are watching a spiraling down in the character of people. But, thank God, the flip side is, in the church, those that walk with Jesus, we're watching love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, grow. And so you're going to go one way or the other, bearing the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the devil. Unfortunately, we do live in a culture where loyalty and promise-keeping seem to be on the endangered species list. And you got to think about what we face in the news every day. Leaders, political leaders, pledge peace. And then we find out that all along they were preparing for war. Politicians look us right in the eye and lie. Knowing that what they're saying is at best a half-truth and at worst a total falsehood, yet they do it without blinking. Marriages are ending over trivial disputes. Presidents wag their fingers and say, I didn't, knowing full well they did. I read about a national radio talk show. This really spoke to me. National radio talk show where the host discussed several prominent celebrities whose personal hypocrisies had been revealed. And then he asked this question. He said, is there anyone out there who is who they claim to be? We live in a culture of falsehood, of posers, of fakes and phonies. You wonder if anybody's ever really being truthful with you. You wonder if what you're seeing is what the person really is. Don't want to be cynical, don't want to be jaded, but reality keeps showing us that this is taking place in our culture. So thank God I've got good news for you today. There is one who is irretrievably, irrefutably, always, eternally faithful. And his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the one who can be completely counted on to keep his word. How many of you are glad that God is a God of his word, that God can be counted on? I want to just preach Jesus up a little bit today because our culture is just shooting him down. And so I want to take a stand and say, Jesus Christ is the best thing that has ever happened in my life because he is the true and the living God. And I have found that he can be counted on. He is faithful. He is true. Listen to how the scripture describes him. John 17 verse 3 says, he's the only true God. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, but God is faithful. 1 John 1 9, you all know that one. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 5 20 says, calls Jesus him who is true. These verses establish that God's faithfulness is, it's not, and I want us to catch this today, it's not some minor or secondary or back burner aspect of his character. To say that God is faithful goes right to the inner core of who God really is. You know, John also told us, he said, God is love. He doesn't just love. His very essence is love. But then he also said, he's faithful. 
He's not just faithful as in a verb, but he is faithful to the core. Our God is a faithful God. He keeps his word because if he didn't, he wouldn't be God. Now, all that God does for you and for me at any given time, let me ask you this. I asked the service last night. We had a great service last night, by the way. Saturday night is happening. It was a great service last night. But watch this now. I asked them, how many of you can say that even today, God did something for you, blessed you, gave you peace, provided for you, answered a prayer, did something? How many of you can say that today? How many of you can say already today, God has helped me, done something for me, answered a prayer, given me peace? Well, you ought to all raise your hand because you're sitting in a chair breathing, so he's kept you alive. Do you know that everything that God does for you and for me rests on his faithfulness? And every blessing we receive comes because he is faithful to keep his promises to us. See, this book would be absolutely meaningless if it were not for the faithfulness of God. You know, I I heard the gospel. I said, I heard the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I heard that. That's a promise. That's a promise verse. That if I put my faith in him, then I'm going to receive everlasting life. And when I did it, the faithfulness of God was at stake. When I said, I believe what I've just heard, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me and come into my heart, the only way I could pray that is I was counting on the faithfulness of God to keep his word. Everything he does for us flows out of his faithfulness. Think about this. If God were not faithful, we could not be saved. If God were not faithful, how could we ever have confidence to pray? Because John said this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we have the things that we have asked of him. But now, where does that confidence come from that John is talking about? This is the confidence we have in him. It comes from us believing that behind the promise is a faithful God. He is faithful. Can you say that with me? God is faithful. If God were not faithful, how would we ever have hope for the future? We we would die in desperate fear, wondering if God was going to keep his promises and carry us into glory as he said he would. But we don't die in desperate fear. We die in hope because we know that one day, if we don't die and he comes back, a trumpet is going to blow. And because of the faithfulness of God, every single person who has said, Jesus, I believe in you and turn my heart over to you and I look to you in faith to save me is going up. Why? Because of the promise of God. But what's behind the promise of God? The faithfulness of God. God is faithful. We live in faith and we die in hope precisely because our God is faithful. Now, I want to uh, take a look at two key areas where God is faithful and where we need to live every single day of our Christian life. These two areas we operate in every day. The first one is, here's where God is faithful. Every word he says is true. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but I know that when you move among people, 
You hear a lot of stories, you hear a lot of talk, and talk is cheap. And how many people do you know that if you were to talk to them for a year, you could believe that every single word they told you was true? But you can do that with God. Every word he says is true. Listen to what the Bible says, Psalms 12, verse 6. The Lord's words are absolutely reliable. They are as untainted as silver purified in a furnace on the ground where it is thoroughly refined. Listen to this now. The Lord's words are absolutely 100% fail-proof reliable. There's not a promise in this book that you can't stand on walk on, live by, and die by. Every word of God is absolutely true and reliable. I love Numbers 23, 19. Here's what it tells us about God. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. How many of you are glad God doesn't change his mind? Oh, I am. I'm real glad God doesn't. What if he changed his mind and said, you know, I've changed my mind about forgiving you every time you ask me to. I've kind of been second thinking that. I, I want to change the deal. I would fall apart because I, I lean on the blood of Jesus and I thank God for the cross of Christ. But, but see, I know that if we live to be a million, he's never going to change his mind. It goes on. Has he, that is God, has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? The answer, of course, is yes, he will. Yes, he will. Why? Because every word of God is true. Not only is his word true, but do you know that he takes personal responsibility to see that it's fulfilled? Did you know the Bible says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth? It will not come back to me like a boomerang. It does not go out like a boomerang and come back to me empty. But it, he says, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Why will it do that? Because he says, I watch over my word to perform it. So when I speak a word, it's absolutely un, it, it, reliably, it is absolutely reliably true. And I watch over it. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 the word is, is really, I, I, I am awake always to watch over my word to make sure that I bring it to pass because it's absolutely true. The Bible says the word of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The Bible says the word of the Lord is perfect, restoring your soul. This God, says Psalms 1830, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take their refuge in him. There's a saying that says, you know, the, a lie will go ha halfway around the world before the truth gets down the street. But let me tell you something. Eventually, the truth always outruns a lie. And the truth will rise to the top. And even though it looks like a lie is going halfway around the world, give the truth a little bit of time. You remember that story of the tortoise and the hare? And, and, and the, the rabbit was way out running that tortoise. But that tortoise just kept on trucking. Boom, 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 boom. 
And the, the, the hare thought that he had the race won. He got overconfident, kicked back, fell asleep, and the turtle went right past him and broke the tape at the end. Let me tell you, the truth is often like the tortoise. It may look like it's going slow, but it's going sure. And it will break the tape in the end because God's truth prevails. I like that. I should have thought of that last night, but I didn't. One of Jesus' favorite expressions was this. Truly, truly, I say to you. If you have a King James, it says, verily, verily, I say to you. And he began many different passages with those words. As a matter of fact, interestingly, Matthew, Mark, and Luke never record him saying truly, truly, or verily, verily, but John does, and John does it 25 times. Truly, truly, I say to you. Do you know the word truly is from a Greek word meaning amen? The word truly is amen. Amen, meaning of a truth, most assuredly, so let it be. So when you and I say, amen, we're saying that's true and so be it. That's true and so be it. So when I say to you, with his stripes you're healed, you say, amen. That is true, so be it. Or you, God is going to take care of you, amen, so be it. Now, the repetition of the word, when Jesus would use it in, 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 in John, Amen, amen. Amen, amen. I say to you, it means most assuredly, you can bank on it. It's a guaranteed truth. It's, it's a double imperative. He's, he's saying, not only is this true, but this is mega true, totally true, overwhelmingly, profoundly true. Truly, truly, I say to you. You guys try this when you go home with your wife today. Say, Truly, I love you. But then try, honey, truly, truly, I love you. Ask her which one she liked the best. Did you ever notice how quiet it got in here just now? <laughs> truly, truly, Jesus said, truly. Why did he do that? Because his word is true. And it's truly true. Truly, truly, I tell you, I'm about to tell you something that's truly true. Do you know, back in the Old Testament, I noticed when God wanted Abraham to do something, he would say, Abraham, Abraham. When God wanted to really get a point across, he said it twice. So when he was really wanting Abraham's attention, he'd say, Abraham, Abraham. When God wanted Jacob, he said, Jacob, Jacob. You remember the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 when he was getting Samuel's attention as a little boy? It says the Lord spoke to little Samuel, 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 said it twice. When he spoke to Saul on the road to Damascus, knocked him to the ground and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When he spoke to Simon Peter in Luke 22, he said, Simon, Simon, you better perk up and listen to me, son. Because Satan has a desire to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you have been recovered and restored, you will go and strengthen your brethren. He said his name two times. Simon, Simon. If you're ever driving down the road and God says your name twi twice, hit the brakes and pull over. <laughs> he has never said to me, Jeff, Jeff. 
I don't know what I would do. Jeff is good enough for me, but if he ever said, Jeff, Jeff, I'm hitting the ground. (laughs) When Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says to us, verily, verily, truly, truly, what I'm about to say is doubly important. He's trying to get our attention like blowing a horn. So truly, truly means emphatically what I'm telling you is true. Why? Because every word he speaks is true. And the second thing I want to bring out is every promise he makes, he keeps. Every promise he makes, he keeps. If that weren't true, let's all close the church doors, go home, watch Andy Griffith reruns till we die. Because it's over. It's over if he's not faithful. God is faithful. He keeps every promise he makes. He said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 12, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. When I speak a word, I watch over it to perform it, because all of my promises I keep. Literally, I will be wakeful, wakeful, as to my word. The Bible is a book of promises. If you got your Bible, grab it and hold it up in the air. I hope you have your Bible in church. I used to say, if you come to church without your Bible, you might as well come in your underwear. (laughs) This is church. You need to have a Bible. All right. You know what this book is that you're holding? It's a book of the promises of almighty God. It is filled with the promises, and every word in it is true. Every promise he made is true, and every promise he made, he watches over it to perform it. That's why you ought to know what's in here. You ought to take advantage of it, because this is your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the very mouth of God. This is God's promise book. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God promises salvation, forgiveness of sin. He has promises on prayer, marriage, children, disappointment, insecurity, provision, guidance, and a whole host of other issues. God has made promises on. And every promise in the book stands or falls on the faithfulness of our God. And you know, I found that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, those three work in tandem to fulfill the promises of God. You say, Pastor, where do you get that? I get it in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Let me just read it to you. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Listen to what it says. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, let me just help unpack that, break it down. The Message Bible puts it this way. Whatever God says gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Whatever God says gets stamped with Jesus saying, yes, amen, so be it. Now, let me tell you the way this works. When God the Father made a promise. Now, you do remember that our Christianity, our faith, our Savior, all of that was decided before the worlds were formed. 
It says he, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Don't ask me to explain it. I accept it by faith. But there was a talk between the Godhead before the world was formed. God knew man would fall. And God the Son said, I will go and I will die for them. God said, I'm going to make promises to those who come to you. And when I make a promise, you're going to amen it, and the Holy Ghost is going to execute it. Now watch. So when God the Father made a promise, God the Son from heaven said, yes and amen, so be it. And God the Holy Spirit wrote the promise in the Word and then applies that word to our hearts where we rise up and say, amen, so be it. So watch this. Here's the way it works. God spoke it, the Son amended it, and the Spirit executed it. God said, let it be. The Son said, amen, let it be. The Holy Ghost executed and said, it is. Let me give you a for instance. God promised and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When God decreed that promise, the Son of God said, Amen, so let it be. And then the Spirit of God moved on the Apostle Paul to write it down in the eternal Word of God. And here comes the believers in Jesus Christ. And we have a need and we read that verse. And something in us rises up and says, Amen, so be it. God speaks it. The Son amens it. The Spirit executes it, and then we amen it. So wouldn't it be fun to open up the Bible and just find all the promises and just have an amen fit? We have all kinds of other fits. Why not try a benefit? We have fear fits. We have anger fits. We have doubt fits. How about a benefit? How about open up the Word of God and just start saying, amen, so be it. He's going to provide for me. Amen, so be it. He's going to guide my life. Amen, so be it. Have an amen session. Let's try it together. Say with me a great big amen. amen. Let's try this. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. All you're doing is what Jesus already did. He already amended. it. Ooh, that's fun. That's fun. That's what church ought to do. Church ought to build your faith. So you don't read a promise and go, well, I don't know about that. Or I kind of doubt that. You know what you need to do? Doubt your doubts. Because if it's here, it's true. And if it's here, he's watching over it to perform it. Well, I need to move along and close. Are y'all being blessed today? So when we read a promise of God, we can truly say, knowing that heaven is with us in it, amen, amen, so be it. If God has said it, we can count on it. Now, I recently came across a powerful statement in Joshua 21, verses 43 to 45. I would encourage you to read those when you get home. But let me read it to you because it summarizes the way God fulfilled his promise to Israel. So I want to close by reading this. This is so powerful. Listen, listen to this. This is it says, so the Lord, the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers. Listen to him now. He's recounting the faithfulness of God 
over Israel. He gave them all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers. And they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side. Just as he had sworn to their forefathers, a promise. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. <laughs> Isn't that good? I want you to know when Jesus died on the cross, he handed Satan over. He pulled out his teeth. He took away from him death, hell, and the grave. Now watch this. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. Here's the best part. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Everyone. Everyone was fulfilled. What an incredible statement that is. Now, if you go back and you read over the events of Joshua, here's what you're going to find. It gets real and tells the truth. It didn't happen quickly. It took seven years. It didn't happen without a struggle. There were many battles. It didn't happen without some failure along the way. Remember the sin of Achan? And how he had stolen treasure under his bed and they lost battles because of the sin of Achan? There was failure. And, and it didn't happen without loss of life. But listen to this. In spite of all those things, God did what he promised. And your obtaining the promises of God won't be without struggle, won't be without some failure, won't be without some setbacks. It won't be perfect, but he will do what he promised. So can you say with me, every word he says is true. Every promise he makes, he keeps. Can we stand together? Every promise he makes, he keeps, and every word he says is true. You feel squeezed by your circumstances today? Let me leave you with an encouragement. Meditate on the promises of God, friend. You'd be surprised how often I listen to messages, to word. I'm not trying to sound spiritual, but I know what this boy needs. I need the word of God all the time. So I listen to it. I read it. I meditate in it. I'm always in it because it feeds my soul. I meditate on the promises of God. Read the promises of God. Write them down. Put them where you can see them in the morning when you wake up, so put them on your refrigerator. That's where you're going. Or if you're like me, you need to put them on the coffee maker because that's the first thing I see. I can make a terrible joke, but I'm not going to do it. Repeat them to your friends. Call somebody and say, hey, I read a promise today. Let me tell you what it was. Let's amen it together. Most of all, repeat the promises of God to the Lord when you pray. You promised, Lord. And, I, and, 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 and I'm just bringing that promise to you. Stand on God's promises and don't let yourself be moved. Say with me, he is faithful. 
Father, we just thank you for the faithfulness of God today. We thank you that you are a faithful God. And we praise you for your good faithfulness. Can you just lift your hand and say, Lord, I receive the faithfulness of God. It's, it's, I thank you that your word is true and you're not a man that you can lie. Thank you that your promises are being watched over by you on my behalf. And thank you, Lord, that in the workings of God, it is done. Now take a minute and give him your financial concerns, your relational concerns, your marital concerns. You might be deeply troubled about a child who's gone astray, gone off, a spouse who has really strayed and your home is troubled. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Just remember, go to the promises. God said it, the Son amended, the Holy Ghost executed it. Take a minute and just say, Lord, I unload my burden on you. I unload my cares on you. In the name of Jesus. Let's lift it again before we go today. Sing it, everybody, because He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. Yes, He is Lord.